Welcome to a very special edition of An Hour of Your Life. My name is Kim. And I am Steve. And we have a special guest on the phone with us today. Um, We have a dear friend of ours by the name of Anya Reed. And we are extremely, extremely thankful and lucky uh, that she has an hour of her life to spend with us because Anya is, she's good at everything. What's our topic this week, Kim? Well, our topic this week is the modeling industry. But before we get into that, I wanted to sing Anya's praises because not only is she a (laughs) professional model, she's also a designer. She is a blog writer. She is a, an artist. So she is a Jill of many trades, um, master of all. And, and we're just very grateful that you're here with us today. Welcome, oh, Anya. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm over here blushing. Um, thank you. That was quite the introduction. <laughs> yeah. And as we're trying to do with all our podcasts, this isn't about just, we, we're trying to get to be on like a superficial thing right here. And oh, that's yeah. why we've invited Anya to sit here and talk to us because we want to be able to really, when I say a deep dive, Anya has the experience. She knows what she's talking about. And so maybe if you're, I you know, almost said a young girl, but if you're a young, a young female, a young man, I'd imagine it'd be about the same thing. Probably. Okay. I would say so. Okay. So, so yeah. So like the statistic that I've heard is um, uh, 54% of models begin uh, by the time they're 13 to 16. So how old, is that accurate? And how old were you when you first started? So I would say that's actually really accurate. As far as I'm concerned, I'm kind of one of the exceptions to the rule. I mean, you do have have women, especially who get into it at an older age. And when I say older, I don't mean like old, old. I mean, like, you know, 50s and up. As my case goes, I kind of stumbled into it when I was um, now I'm going to have to do math. (laughs) I think I was 25. I was 24, 25. And it was uh, kind of an accident. Um, I was working at a gym and this friend of mine went to something that he called an open call and he came back and he was like, oh my gosh, you need to go. So me being like, oh sure. Like, you know, I'll pretty much do, you know, anything once just to try it. I go to this open call and I had no idea what to expect. I had my friend snap some pictures. I show up to it. And given my pictures, we get a spiel about, you know, being on time, being late and just all these terms that I really wasn't familiar with because I was not a model at that time. Right. And so I get a phone call a week later and they were like, hey, we want to sign you. And the funny thing was. Um, I was also, I just found out I was pregnant with my second baby. Oh my so my very first modeling job, I was, I think almost seven months pregnant, but you couldn't uh, tell. Wow. So the client had no idea. It didn't affect the job at all, but, um, yeah, I literally just fell into this and it's just gone from there. Wow. So how, okay. So if you are, how do you get in? So I exp- oh, gosh, I have so many okay, questions. So what I see <laughs> From, from my perspective, what I see is sometimes we go to yeah. the mall and you see uh-huh. 500 girls standing in line with a portfolio waiting to uh-huh. go up to interview with someone. That's not how you yeah. started, right? Uh, no, it's not. So, okay. I mean, where I was, we probably had 20 people in the room. But what a lot of agencies do is they will host what's called an open call, which is what I went to. And they'll do that, um, you know, maybe once a month, sometimes every week they'll have one, depends on the agency. 
and how popular they are, what the area is that they're located in. And an open call would be where you'll show up wearing typically what they want you to come in with is going to be fitted clothing. So skinny jeans, a tank top, uh, neutral colors, and a pair of heels. You may or may not be asked to bring a bathing suit, but um, it's pretty much a rule of thumb to always bring a bathing suit no matter what. So just, you know, a little side tip there. Um, But you'll go into these and a lot of times they'll do individual interviews. Sometimes they'll do like a group thing and then they will snap what are called Polaroids of everybody. So it's going to be, you know, everybody should show up hopefully with no makeup on, um, hair pulled back. And then your Polaroids will be taken as like a headshot, a three quarter, um, you know, full body front backside. And then from there, it varies from agency to agency. Sometimes um, they will say, thanks for coming and you leave. And that's kind of your cue that they are not interested in you. <laughs> and then sometimes they will go in and even have you do video and spend a little bit more time with you. So it's almost like a job interview when you go in and they're like, okay, you know, it's really nice to meet you. We have other interviews to do. We'll get back with you. And that's kind of your cue that, oh, well, this is not going to fly. Thanks for coming. We'll get back. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, that's done. (laughs) So when you have when you have things in the mall like that, um, typically just I, I hesitate to say this, but a lot of those things are very scammy. Um, Sometimes those agencies are actually legit, but they go about things in a very wrong way. And you have these girls who think they're actually signing up to be models. And yet what's actually going to happen is going to be they're going to be asked to pay for training, pay for pictures, pay for this when that is not necessary. So it's just a moneymaker for them. It is. And people fall for it all the time. So, so it's it's really one of those things where you have to be careful. So that was the question that you're bringing in and really well right here is, mm-hmm. how do you know who's legit? Is it just you do your own research? Is it just known through the yeah. industry? Or how do you avoid falling into the scam? So um, since I've been in it for, uh, it's been nine years um, this month, um, I have really learned and picked up tips from my agents that I've worked with, I was lucky. Honestly, I was so lucky to get started where I did because the agency I had, it was a very small, like kind of boutique agency, I guess you would call it, where um, they actually get a lot of big clients, but they don't have a huge talent board and they also take care of their talent. Um, So they made sure to educate their models on, you know, proper protocols and what to watch out for. So um, with agencies, um, a lot of them are going to be scams. And one of the biggest red flags is going to be something set up like a booth in a mall, or maybe uh, they don't actually have a physical address or they're between quote unquote, between addresses, uh, moving to a new office space or whatever. And a lot of this happens on social media, especially Instagram. You have these agencies, I'm using that term loosely, that actually will go look up um, certain hashtags to find models or find people that they could kind of exploit because they're looking to model. And they'll contact you and they'll, you know, want you to come to New York or conveniently they'll be located wherever you are. And they'll want to meet up. 
Right. Sometimes at the mall, sometimes it'll be uh, something where it's like they want to meet you in person, but it's, it's almost one of those like predatory things where you just don't follow through with it. And what the, the, but, you know, say you do go to this agency that, you know, has a website, they have an office space, they have companies that they say they've worked with before, and they have a talent board and you go in and I've, I've been to a few of these <laughs> and you go in and you see people handing over credit cards, other new models that are interviewing or so, new talent and red, you see cards being exchanged. Red that flag. is an instant get up and walk out that door because let me tell you why. So when you become a model, there is no legal requirement. They cannot legally require you to take pictures and spend money to take pictures in order to be submitted for jobs. Because what these agencies do is they say, oh, well, you have such potential. Like, we love your look. Like, we would get you so much work. And they'll drop all these big names, big numbers, big paydays, and just really just, you know, blow smoke up your, you know what? Um, uh, blow smoke, not blow smoke. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> and then what happens is they 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 pump you up and 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 get you prepped. And then they're like, so what we're going to need from here is we're going to need you to take you know training. We're going to teach you how to pose. And I am all for learning to pose. However, you don't have to pay money for that, nor should you pay money in order to get work. Mm-hmm. Um, so so to be required to take this training. Um, and do all these extra things before they will even submit you for jobs is absolutely so wrong. That was going to be one of my questions too, is you went into it kind of blind with no training whatsoever. So how, I did. how did you get that? Like, do you just nat- or do you just have a natural ability to pose or is that something that you had to learn? Was so it awkward? With me, um, I could pose. Um, I was okay at it. Looking back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, like, I can't believe I took those pictures. They're so bad because uh, like uh, some people are just naturally conscious of their angles. I was a little bit conscious of my angles and and you'll hear that a lot being like, oh, so-and-so knows their angles. Like you'll hear um, like Haley Baldwin, um, especially like Gigi Hadid and they'll post for pictures and people like they know their angles. And I'm like, yeah, they know their angles. You have to know your angles when you're modeling because you have to see where that camera is and know how to position yourself. And, and it's all about the posing because, you know, you can have the same person, the same camera and just stand face on the camera and not pose and then pose in the second photo. And it looks like two totally different people. Mm. So with my experience was um, when I first started, a lot of the photographers that I that I worked with they like to pose you themselves. Um, and so that started teaching me um, how to pose. But then one of the biggest things that I started doing, since I didn't have anyone really to take pictures of me, was I started um, just kind of practicing poses and transitions um, in front of the mirror while I'm brushing my teeth or <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, it's called multitasking. You fit it in where you can. <laughs> And wow. you start, you start kind of learning your angles and you see pictures that you're like, oh, well, that just does not look right. And so you kind of learn what didn't work for that and you change it. And honestly, there is no model out there 
that does not have blooper photos where they're half blinking or they're in transition when the picture's taken. So everybody has crap photos that are taken. You just don't see them right. because, no you know, photographers don't want to put that out there. Right. No one's perfect. Um, I mean, when we make a blooper no. on, the, on the show, we, we just stop and I go back and I That's edit it. Yeah. them out. You're like, oh, well, there it goes. So it's like, you know, it's like Photoshop, but, you know, in real life. So you take thousands of pictures for photo shoots and then the photographer goes through and gets rid of all the ones where you look like you just took drugs or <laughs> you are about to fall asleep or whatever because your eyes are half, you know, one eyes. I'm famous for blinking um, one eye slower than the other. Not famous, famous, but, you know, like in the photographers know that one of my eyes blinks slower than the other. Really? So a lot Weird. of times I'll get one open, half, one half shut. Okay, because so, I'm like so from the layman standpoint, there is a lot more to modeling than what most people think. It's like, go sit there, someone takes your picture. It's it's big business. Yes. There's a lot of money yeah. on the line with this. So when you go mm-hmm. in for a photo shoot, you have to be a professional about this. And all these things you're you talking do. about, it's, yeah. it's stuff that I personally would have never, ever, ever thought about. And next time yeah. I see you in person, I'm going to watch for your eye blinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Please don't take any pictures. That's when it shows up. You won't you won't notice it until it's a still shot. But yes, you do absolutely have to be professional. And and the thing that was drilled into me by my first agency, and this is another reason why I say I was so lucky, because I learned so much. I mean, I have a good work ethic, um, not just to like toot my own horn here, but you give me something to do and I'm going to deliver and I'm going to go above and beyond. Well, our agency, um, the original one, um, was very strict on model, um, standards as far as like performance goes. And we were always taught, you always come 15 minutes before your call time. If you are not there 15 minutes early, you're considered late. Um, when you go to the job, you are the talent and the client is the person who is hiring you to come in to do this. It does not matter if they put you in this horrifically hideous garment that you are now supposed to make look good. You do what you want. If you walk out of hair and makeup and your hair and makeup looks like you're, you know, 500 years old and the client says, we love it. Then you suck it up and you don't act like you're in pain because you know that your makeup is not what you would normally wear. That is what the client wants. You always do what the client wants. Unless of course it's questionable. So it's, it's not about you. It's about, Yes. What you're wearing, what the client right. wants you it, to. It, yeah, have. I mean, if you and it's also if acting you do a photo too. Shoot, I'm sorry, what? It's also acting too. Like it's not just like taking a right. picture. You have to act. You have to. You do. I mean, if you're, yeah. I know, I've seen photos of you. Um, so maybe we should explain to the listeners that uh, you do a variety of different types of modeling. Like there is fitness right. modeling and there is um, catalog or not catalog, uh, commercial modeling, print. which is like catalogs yeah. and print and, and stuff. Commercial. And then there yeah. is fashion modeling, which is, I think, what most mm-hmm. people think of when they think of modeling. Anya, I have seen you yeah. on the pump at Speedway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. They, they just they just ran you. out of their buyout on that one. <laughs> I have seen you in a bikini in places that I found out later were like freezing cold, and you, yes. like, I would never know it by looking yep. at your photo or by looking at your commercial. I would right. never know that. So you yeah. have to really sell it and and make it look like I'm having a great time in my bikini on the beach in 32 degrees. Right. And, and I did not just get yelled at by the casting director for, you know, looking the wrong direction or, you know, whatever, not casting director, but the, um, the shoot director and all that, like, 
I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of stress because, you know, you're on a timetable and you have to get sunrise in before, you know, you know, you switch to the next outfit and hair and makeup's behind. So it can be very stressful and you have to learn to roll with it. You do, you learn to not argue. And, you know, a lot of people, they think, you know, once you become a model, you are to the level of, you know, um, I'm Alessandra Ambrosia and, you know, Gigi Hadid and all these people. But the thing is like, they, they're more of like celebrity status, which isn't like super common. You know, yeah, you're going to have more regular models like me, even on the runway than you would celebrity models. And, and even with celebrity models like that, I mean, yes, they do get say, I think, uh, from what I've seen in like the creative side of it, mm-hmm. when you come in like me, you don't necessarily get to help with the creative side. I mean, from, from my perspective, what I try to do is I try to help facilitate, um, things being, uh, I guess what's the word, Uh, having continuity. Mm -hmm. So if we're taking pictures and we have a thing on the table that got bumped a little bit and it's going to be different between this set of pictures and the last set, I will point that out or I will just fix it or there's a cord in the way I'll move it because, you know, I know that they're going to go back in post and they're going to see that, or they're going to go at the end of the shoot and look through and see, Oh my gosh, like we missed that water bottle sitting there. We have to reshoot this whole set, which costs people time. Uh, it costs them money. Right. It costs me time. And yes, I, I will get paid for my time sometimes if it's not a flat rate job, but I like to try to keep things, um, well, you're being moving on my end too. Yeah. Right. And, and it's not, and that's another thing. Like it's, it's not about me. I can't just sit there and say, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I need a break. Um, you know, because it's, it's not my timetable, right. you know? Um, so I just did a commercial for uh, Florida blue insurance, um, down in Miami. And it was my very first SAG principal commercial. And it's a big deal when you get your first SAG principal role. And that's a big deal. What is um, that? What is a so SAG is Screen Actors Guild. Okay. So okay, this I is this is on the commercial side of modeling, but if you want to be a good model and be versatile, like that is a good thing to have. Um, is is you know that versatility where you can pose for photos and you can also do commercial where you are on camera. Are you um, talking more or less like? Are you more or less likely to get hired as a union model? You have to work your way into it. Um, oh, that's okay. the thing. Gotcha. So you have to qualify. So I am wow. SAG eligible right now. So I have, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, now I just have to save up my money for dues. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's another, that's a whole other topic, but so I had this commercial and I had to be down in Miami, um, booking something fell through with the booking and, um, I was not booked until 9 PM the night before, actually 9 30. And I had oh to be gosh. down there by noon, but I also was not in town. I had to drive back to my house, get my car that was in the shop, um, drive down to Miami, which was a four hour drive after I picked up my car and then do wardrobe. Um, anyway, so it was, a, it was a three day deal. And the first day that we we're on set, um, we had to run down this highway in the Florida Everglades. Um, half the day I spent sitting in the trailer waiting for my turn. But when we did start running, I was running in a full suit in August. 
actually, I'm sorry, this was July. So it was very hot and very humid. And I was also wearing these flat shoes that were not meant for anything. They were from a very cheap designer. Um, like we're talking like fast fashion. <sighs> and so there's no support. It was basically like running barefoot. And I ran five miles the first day. Oh my gosh. And I went back to my hotel at probably 10 o'clock that night. And I had to be out again at six o'clock in the morning by the next morning. I could not walk. I couldn't bend my ankles and I had to go back out there, put that same suit on same sweaty suit and shirt, the same shoes. And I had to run again, another three or four miles the next day. Mm. And my feet were blistered. And I mean, we were, we were not running slow. We were booking it. I mean, this was, we're, we're following a truck with a camera on it and you're having to keep up with that truck and you're having to look confident and happy I would, because I would you're tell that truck something. to slow down. Yes, <laughs> yes, you would. I mean, if I had any say, yes, but again, this is, a, this is an example of yeah. this is what the client wants. You, when, when I went to that casting, they asked me what my running history was. We had a lot of people on that shoot who lied about their running history oh. and they said they run, but then when you get them out there, they can't keep up with us. And we're keeping up with the truck. So you need to be able to keep up with us because we're the principals. We're in the front. So we can't have this big gap. And then we had people who were um, whining about their feet hurting and they'd only been out there for an hour. And we've been out there for two days. <laughs> and, and and it's that kind of thing where I, I said that I run because I run. Um, you want me to keep pace with this truck? I will keep pace with that truck. Um, you know, if it, if it kills me, I will be paid for that truck. And, mm-hmm. and I could have used a break. I could have, you know, whined and, and done this, that, and the other to, to go sit in the car. So what I had to do was I had to run between shoots, uh, between shots to go get band-aids from the, the car on the side of the road and just try to take my feet up real quick in between. Well, uh, and, reset. You're, and you're going to get another job. And those people that were whining yeah. and lied in their interviews right. are not going to get another yeah. job. Well, we're experiencing that's always the hope. <laughs> we're, we're experiencing this with Rupert. You take him out in the backyard, you throw the ball three or four times, he'll chase it. <laughs> if you throw it the fifth time, he's like, "Nope, I'm did, done." Did you? Just, yeah, we're done. Did you yep. just compare onion to Rupert? No, I said we're experiencing this with Rupert. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's comparing me to a dog. Okay. No, I mean, absolutely oh, not. Whoa, excuse you. Back <laughs> it up. Did you just call my boy a dog? Yeah. No, 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 You So you mentioned the big names. Is there a model hierarchy? And if (laughs) like, uh, like the Instagram quote unquote models, quote unquote influencers Mm -hmm. do, do, I don't want to, I don't want to insult. What's the hierarchy? Yeah. I don't want to insult models by saying anything negative, but. No, no, I totally get that because a lot of people have that question. So your, your influencers are definitely in a different category because, um, they have brands that come to them to say, Hey, you know, can you promote my product or whatever? And a lot of the creativity is left to the influencers. Um, they will do collaborations with the company, um, it depends who the company is. Sometimes the company says, we want you to do X, Y, Z on this location, um, blah, blah, blah. So they're kind of micromanaging a little bit um, just because that's what their vision is. And that's fine. But um, influencers typically get to choose the creative for the shoot. Now, when you come to a modeling job, um, the casting director, well, what happens is um, 
the client who wants the, the shoot done goes to a casting director, typically, and they say, we want this look. This is what we're going for. And then the casting director says, okay. And then they go to the agencies and say, we're looking for X, Y, Z, you know, male, female, height, um, age, hair color, all that stuff. And then the agency goes into their pool and they start pulling talent to say, hey, are you up for casting? Um, Not everything is a direct booking where the client sees your pictures, says we like them, we're booking them. There's no additional contact needed. Um, Most of the time, you're going to have um, a casting. So the the modeling agency, talent agency sends their people at specified times to the casting director. The casting director then will like videotape you, take pictures, whatever, and then forward those to the client. The client picks who they like. Um, a lot of times that will change. So you'll get released or cut from things. Uh, another, you know, kind of side note there that we can talk about later. Um, but then from there, the casting is booked or the, the job is booked. Sometimes there'll be a fitting um, in there somewhere, but that's typically how it goes. So you come in, the client already has their vision. They're not asking you what your opinion is, what um, your creative is. You are working for their creative and um, making their product look the way that they want it to and what they have envisioned. So um, as far as model hierarchy goes, um, within the the normal modeling industry, I wouldn't say there's necessarily a hierarchy. It would just more be the fact that some companies would rather go to a celebrity model or um, like maybe a basketball player's wife or so think like not basketball player, uh, Gabrielle Union, wait, her husband's basketball. Um, So they'll, they'll go to her um, because they want her name associated with their product. They want um, um, Gigi Hadid associated with their product because, because um, you have, you know, Tom Brady and Giselle, you know, they, they'll, they'll have Giselle on camera using this product and people are like, Oh my gosh, Giselle likes this. We're going to buy it. So it's, it's a marketing tactic. Um, so that would be where there would be sort of a hierarchy only because, you know, uh, Giselle is a household name. Right. Um, you say Giselle Bunchen and people know who you're talking about and a company <laughs> who has the Steve, money. So Steve <laughs> you're shaking his head like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like most people, um, but I, most may people reco- know, right. I, I may recognize her if I see her though. Yeah. But I'm like, right. this yeah. With, and, with and it's, it's like this subconscious stars. thing. Yeah. 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 So, so companies that have that kind of budget to pay for someone like that, because I mean, they make a lot of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, a whole lot more than I make, well, I mean, but we'll, we'll um, companies a, will have the budget. We'll we'll go to a movie and Kim will say, "Oh, so and so's in this movie." I'll say, "Who is that?" <laughs> the, but the, the next question is like, "What have I seen them in before?" Yeah. So I yeah. recognize right. faces, I, names. I'm terrible. Right. With names. Yeah. yeah. So you'll have furniture companies. You know, uh, I think it's Rooms to Go has Cindy Crawford, and and they it's it's almost like this endorsement. So if Cindy Crawford were to then go do, oh, God forbid, you know, this other big furniture company, uh, people would be like, wait, you know, oh my gosh, we saw her with Rooms to Go. And now we see her with this, with this company. Um, does that mean she's endorsing? Like we're confused, you know, so that, that would be what they don't want. So people like me, um, they typically don't care, um, if you work for other 
big companies, some of them get a little bit sticky and they make you sign your life away that you'll never work for anybody else for the rest of your life. Um, but honestly, if somebody were to see me in a company, um, you know, company A over here, and then again for company B, and they have sort of competing um, products, as long as those companies did not stipulate, you know, you can't do that, you know, I don't think people are going to be like, wait, oh, which one does she really like? Because I mean, they don't know me. I'm nobody right. to most people. Yeah. <laughs> so I, that's probably like a rabbit trail. But um, for hierarchy, um, it, it depends on what the client wants. I I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that celebrity models get higher priority, um, but typically they will get the bigger companies like Chanel and Prada and Jimmy Choo because of who they are. You're not going to have a lot of nobody girls um, and not to like call myself nobody, but in the grand scheme of the hierarchy, you want to call it that I am way down at the bottom. So you know, they are going to be more visible because of the companies who pay for them. Sometimes it's because, you know, they are born into the celeb status because of their parent. Um, Some of them have worked their way into it uh, via Victoria's Secret or whatever. But um, yeah, it just depends on the company, honestly. Well, you stay really busy and you're working long hours. How do you balance your social life, your family? How do you do all this? Um, I'm not going to say it's easy cause it's, it's really not, um, for people who are single, I think it's going to be a lot easier, but family wise, you just do what it takes because you never, you, you know, I don't, I don't have family around, so I don't have a lot of help. So you just learn to adjust and do what's necessary. And, um, I have never knock on wood. I have never had to cancel a shoot or no show on a shoot because of lack of childcare. I've always been able to manipulate and finagle things to work out, but it's, it's difficult because a lot of times, um, I, I have to leave my schedule as wide open as possible. So I'm talking like, Hey, we want to have a girl's night. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. And then literally the day before I'll get a phone call and I, they're like, Hey, we have a job for you. And it's in, you know, Ocala and Ocala is like two and a half hours away from me, which means I'm, I'm going to be leaving early in the morning and I'm going to get back late at night. Cause it's a full day and girls night is out the window and I have to cancel because I need to make money. Right. And you know, you have to just leave yourself as open as possible. And thankfully I have two amazing girlfriends here in town and that's about all I have. Because um, a lot of people don't understand the industry. They either get offended because you're, you know, changing things often, even though I put that out there every time, like I might, you know, I'm going to put this in the books. However, if I get a booking, I have to, I'm going to have to change. Like I love my, my people, but this is, this is my living here. Right. And so a lot of people don't understand that and they'll just get offended and stop having you around. But the other thing that I run into as well is, Um, I, in my circles, especially with moms, what I do is not that common. It's more common for singles, you know, like college age, high school. So when you have a mom of three who does stuff like this, um, it tends to get judged pretty harshly because people, uh, they say you're selling your body and they're like, Oh, do you do porn? (laughs) No, I don't do porn. And, you know, and they just have these assumptions or they assume that you are snotty or whatever without even getting to know you. So I try, I try to not, um, talk about what I do for a very long time when I meet people, because 
I have to kind of feel it out. I don't want to run people off once they find out what I do because I am a nice person. Kim, you know this. Oh, you are a Steve, wonderful you know person. This. Absolutely. I would absolutely. I would bend over backwards for yes. any of my friends. 100% you would. You absolutely yeah. know the stereotype, I think, what most people would yeah. picture and honestly, out of the window. Um, that's one of the reasons why I, I really, really wanted to do this show because uh-huh. you are not the stereotype, but I think that you are... Represented. I think that you are not the stereotype, but you are a good representation of a model. If that makes oh, sense. Thank you. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like no. you, like there are a lot of girls out there that are like you, that are wives and mothers, uh-huh. but that are absolutely not stuck up. Absolutely, like it's a right. it's a job, like any other yeah. job. Like okay, so I'm gonna have to relate this back to like a construction type thing. So like if you hire okay. a contractor to come into your house. And mm-hmm. then it's kind of known like, or like, let's say the plumber, Hey, you know, you, you bring the plumber in to fix this, but while the plumber's in here is like, Hey, can you like, while you're here, do this, do that, do that. Do you have people who try to take advantage, like while you're there to get you to do extra stuff and do more um, than what you're supposed yes. to be doing? Sometimes I do. Um, so if, if they're on a, um, like this is why I book through my agency because then I don't have to worry about all the little nuances, but typically when a job is booked, um, the agency is told if it's print, if it includes video, because video is always more, if there's any speaking parts to it, um, what the hours are going to be. And they negotiate a pay rate based on that. Um, anything over that, that, um, time period will be charged as overtime and that's also negotiated, but, Sometimes you'll you'll be on a job and it'll be a photo shoot and then the the client will say hey while you're here um, let's go ahead and have you do a video talking about blah 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 so at that point I would just need to you know as long as it's related I mean I've never had anybody do anything unrelated to the shoot so then I just have to update my agency to get them on the same page and just say hey um just so you know. We did uh, the shoot from this time to this time, but then they also added video and here's what we did, scripted, unscripted, um, whatever. And then I leave that with my agency. They take care of all of that. So I'm just responsible for communicating with my agent, which is a big deal um, is communication and mm-hmm. making sure that the, the, cl- the agent knows, like you'd never go directly to the client with anything. Like if you are running behind and you don't have contact info for the agency, like maybe you're stuck in traffic, you know, or the client, like you're going to tell your agent, Hey, can you let them know I'm five minutes away? Um, but then again, you shouldn't be late anyway. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've had people where they, they kind of throw in extra stuff, but, um, you know, that's all the little nitty gritty stuff that gets negotiated. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just update the agency and I have been blessed with good agencies. So they take care of their talent and I don't have to worry about it. So have you ever had someone who's like, um, your hair, they want you to cut your hair, something like that, or how so, particular yeah. can these people be? They can be pretty particular, but normally that information is all given up front. They say, Hey, we're looking for this, this style haircut, whatever. Um, and we would like people who are open to cutting their hair or, you know, coloring their hair or whatever, but that's all done up front. And I always make sure to ask for little things like that because 
a lot of people don't think about how much your look can change. Yeah, and, I was going to ask that. You know, is it awkward transitioning yeah. from one life phase to another? So like, is it awkward going from, say, uh, cool, young, 20-something to then you're doing mom photography and then at some point you're going to be um, doing grandma photography. So like... Oh my gosh. Oh, don't do rush that, Kim. I mean, oh my gosh. I will not be a good-looking grandma like yet. you are. Okay. No, 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 no. But I mean, at some point, like everybody ages and so you, I right. think that sure. you're... Like your cl- your um, marketing would yeah. change as well. So for me, it's been difficult because I don't really look my age. So I I can look at, um, actually a pretty broad age range. You do. So have, I get booked yeah. for a lot of things. Um, but then people will book me for say like a mom role, and then they'll bring me in and they'll try to give me like a seventeen year old kid. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I mean, I I, I must've been like a child bride or something because like, you know, and, and you, that's at the, you know, you just have to kind of go along with it. So I'm, I'm kind of in an awkward place right now because people see my age on paper and then they want to book me as, you know, an older role. So I, that I don't like, I can do it, but you, but what they try to do is, is mom, they call it mom you up. So they'll basically frump you as I call it. And they try to make you look like a stereotypical mom. But this is why I went on a rant on Facebook or I forget where it was the other, uh, like a few weeks ago and just said like, Hey, I honestly don't understand why, um, I go on these shoots and, and they say, mom, you up. And then they tuck, they untuck your shirt and they make you look baggy and boxy and a little bit unkempt, actually a lot unkempt. And that's, that's kind of the look, look they're going for. And yet I don't really know a lot of moms who actually look like that. Yeah. I see moms these days who really take pride in taking care of themselves. And I'm not talking like, oh, they're all super skinny and, you know, oh, but at um, least they look you know, right. But, but you see these moms who, yeah, they, they may be, you know, curvier than they were in their, in their teens. And yet you would never know because they dress themselves to a T and they just, take such pride in their makeup or their hair or whatever it is. And anyway, so, um, I got off on a rabbit trail there, but, um, it is, it is kind of awkward for me because, um, they'll, they'll just base, um, my role off of my age. And a lot of times they don't necessarily see me first. And And then we're going to put a picture (laughs) of Anya up on, um, the Facebook and Instagram pages. So, uh, you guys that are listening, will see what, what she's talking about. Anya, I, <laughs> I'm not going to put your age out there, but you could very oh, easily my birthday next week. Oh! <laughs> Happy birthday. So Thank Anya you. could easily play anyone between like, I would say 20 to probably even as high as 45. If you did. no, no, no. If I'm glad she, I didn't ooh. say that. No, if she did, <laughs> if she did her makeup, uh, if she did her makeup, right. And like, Mm-hmm. If it was the right shoot, I could see I could see you doing a like a middle youngish middle age, what? but you yeah. could just as easily do a twenty something. Well, trends, right? And I get booked for stuff like that too. So trends change yeah. over the years. I mean, I I can think back of magazine articles and things like that where you'd see the model would be almost like a young boy would would it was a waif. What they call that, Kim? Androgynous is yeah. the word you're looking okay. for. Yes, okay. androgynous. And yeah. Now, so- and, do change a lot. and now you, as we're going around, we're seeing things and things, it's like they're trying to present people with more 
like, hey, this is what people really look like. Like, we went into a store the other day, and yeah. the, even the mannequins were... They were rather full-figured. Plus sizes. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, it's, it's funny, because the plus sizes, like Torrid, um, the, the mannequins in there, I look at them, and they just have really defined muscles, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like... Does that make me, does that make me toward material? Like, like, should I be shopping in toward? Cause that's what my shoulders look like. Like, so, I mean, sometimes you have a misconception, you know, that, you know, this, this size or like this, this built person, um, is, you know, like towards not, I wouldn't call it plus size. I'm going to offend somebody. So we're going to, we're going to use Pim's disclaimer about saying offensive things and apply <laughs> that to me because I, I, a lot of times I'm so, I'm not like naive, but my mind does not jump in the gutter and my mind does not jump to PC. So I'll say things out of just pure heartedness and innocence and people will take it the wrong way. Welcome so, to my world. My bad. Our, our first um, episode yes. is things you can't say. Yeah. So, so people are used to it uh, from me. <laughs> I do it all the time. You know this. Yes. When I listened to that episode, I laughed so hard because I'm like, I'm never going to speak again. And then right when I thought that, Steve actually said it. And I was just, I was <laughs> in my car crying. I'm like, oh, you just read my mind. <laughs> so anyway, um, yes, hopefully that answers that question a little bit. Um, yeah. So I mean, basically, <laughs> how do you how do you feel about that? Um, like on a personal level, the the yeah. sort of the swing towards, at least on the surface, it seems like there's uh-huh. kind of a swing towards body positivity and like no airbrushing and photos and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you agree with it, or do you kind of because I almost feel like that's a form of art is photo editing it is it's it's an art yeah. form. It is, and it's it's a lot more work than people think. Um, so I know they criticize, you know, there was a, a cover of W magazine where I, one of the models, I think it was Gigi, um, had her knees like photoshopped off, like they airbrushed over them. So it looked like she had no knees. <laughs> and that's one of those things where, you know, it could be a slip of a, of a tool mm-hmm. as you're editing, because that happened to me. Um, last year I did a photo shoot on the beach, you know, so bikinis and we're talking like Brazilian bikinis. So, I mean, these were like very small bikinis Yeah. and I look the photographer sent me some pictures and I was going to use one of them, um, for a submission for my agency. And I, I happened to just glance at the picture before I sent it. And I'm glad I did because my, my, um, left hand looked like I had a triple wide club finger in the middle and it caught my eye. I was like, oh, wait, what? And so I went back to it and something had happened and my hand had been stretched, um, <laughs> So, and I, this photographer is amazing. So I texted him and I was like, Hey, um, I don't know if you saw this picture, but, and I, I went at it in a manner that was not like accusatory, like, Oh my gosh, what did you do to this picture? Because I knew he, I knew he wasn't doing anything to the picture. It was probably just a mistake. So he went and looked at it and about died because he was like, I think I must've just bumped something as I was switching photos, um, and accidentally, um, stretched that, that part. Yeah. Um, as he was swiping to the next photo. Um, so things like that, you know, bloopers happen, um, but photo editing is an art form. It takes hours. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not these, these Lightroom presets that you have, um, Instagram influencers and stuff use where they just copy paste the settings and boom, the photo's done. You might have to adjust the lighting a little bit, but then you're done. Like, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to make it look natural 
and inviting and, and it's super you know, minute detail too. Like I would imagine oh, that sure. people that do photo editing, their eyes probably go bad at a relatively young age because you like you have to so focus on just little yeah. tiny detail things. And and you have to you even before the shoot, I mean they're setting up lighting because okay, so just one example. Um if you take a picture of somebody um standing in one position straight on and you have lights in front of them and you take it with a flash um, and then you move lights to either side of them, like maybe, um, 45 degrees out, mm-hmm. um, and take that exact same picture with the same camera. Your person is going to look totally different because, um, when you front light something, it's going to look totally flat. Whereas with, if you side light it, you're going to get the facial definition. You're going to see the ab definition, the, the muscles and the arms, and it's all based on lighting. So even before they get to post, post-op and editing, you have this extensive work that goes into setting up the lighting. And, you know, as a model, I learn a lot of this stuff just by being there waiting while they set up. But it's, it is a lot of work. And, and then going toward, um, you know, less Photoshop, less airbrushing and all that, that's great. It really is. Um, but it's still, you know, just as much work because they're, they're still, you know, yeah trying to get the lighting right. Because, you know, if you have crappy lighting, you're gonna have a crappy picture, right? Photoshop or not, you know? Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad that they're moving toward, um, more body positive, but at the same time, um, I kind of wonder sometimes if they're actually doing that Yeah. because, um, when you put clothes on a certain body type, it's just going to look a little bit more um, like appealing to everybody because it just it looks good on them. It may not look as great um, if you put the same outfit on somebody that has thighs like mine. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and and I get that and and you know as a model you're kind of the clothes hanger is the joke. I'm a professional clothes hanger. And you basically are just something to put the clothes on to make the clothes look good. And, and we've talked, you and I have talked about that before that you, you can be too pretty as a model because yeah. you are not the yeah. focus most no. of the time. The focus yep. should be on what you are wearing because if right. you're assuming that that's what, or like what you're doing. So like, mm-hmm. um, the commercial that ran when you were living up near, we are was for a pool company. Uh-huh. And so you were in a hot tub and you were laughing with your family and enjoying beverages. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's what, it's not you necessarily. It's what you are projecting is that happiness and fun yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, they yep. don't really care about what you look like. It's what their product looks like no. with you in it. Right. I mean, that, I mean, that's true to a certain extent. They don't care what you look like, but then they do because like, you know, and this kind of goes back to your lifestyle as a model. Like you have to be investing in your upkeep. You have to, you know, not necessarily have your nails done all the time, but they need to be ready to go. So you don't have like these long, hot pink nails and you're going in for a casting where, um, oops, you know, you have to be constantly prepared for that stuff. You, you have to be aware of, your hairstyle and updating your pictures. If you change your hairstyle, um, so your your client doesn't book you as a shoulder length brunette and you come in as a crop blonde. Well, I would you know imagine I mean? too the the client. If I were the client and I mm-hmm. were hiring you to represent my company, are they going to 
Facebook stalk you? Are they going to look oh go back gosh. and look like who are we yes. really hiring? Because if something negative comes up, that's going to reflect on my company. So are they doing oh, absolutely. that? Absolutely. That's yes. And and a lot of people don't even think about that. And honestly, I don't either, but I don't post questionable stuff. Right. <laughs> At least I don't think I do. Other people think I do, but you know, that's on them. So what these companies do is they will Google you. They will Instagram you. A lot of times they will even upfront, they will ask you for your usernames so they can go find you hmm. um, because they want to see what you're doing. So you have these, these girls who get into modeling, they think they're getting into modeling and they just automatically assume that they need nude, nude photos. And a photographer will say, Hey, will you take these nude photos? And they're like, sure. Well, the thing is, once you take those, you don't know where they're going because that was not for a client. That was not for anything. And then all of a sudden, Hey, here's these photos of you all over the internet. And you have, um, let's see this, um, toothpaste company that comes along and they want, um, you to be a mom helping your kid brush their teeth with their toothpaste. And there you are. And there you and are. There you are naked. naked. And they're going to be like, wow, we don't want anything like, like this is supposed to be a family, um, a mm-hmm. family friendly commercial, like, and you will, you're killing yourself. Like once yeah. you, once you go down that road, you are done, donezo. Like I cannot even tell you the number of people that I have heard talking about their experience and, and you're done. You cannot undo those. The internet is literally forever. So, okay, so, since, since you opened the door, I have some go for statistics <laughs> that I want to get your take on, whether you think they're accurate, whether you have firsthand experience any of this stuff. So um, we already talked about 54% of models begin by the time they're 16. Um, of yeah. that, twenty only 21% of the models under 18 uh, are either always or sometimes accompanied by their parent. Um, yes. I have uh, statistics that say that 68% of models suffer from anxiety and depression. 76% mm-hmm. say that they were exposed to drugs or alcohol, and about half of those were cocaine exposure. Yeah. Um, 87% of models have been asked to change nude without notice, so like just change buck naked in front of everybody. Yep. Those, to me, are very alarming statistics. If you consider yeah. that you, a lot of these people then are underage being exposed to these things and being asked to do these things. Are these statistics accurate or are they really blown out of proportion and I'm not really reading them correctly? So I wouldn't say they're not accurate. I think, um, in certain markets and certain places, you're going to have a higher concentration of underage models and people looking to exploit them. Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to have photographers who literally just get into photography so that they can, pull crap like that, you know, where they're like, oh, hey, um, here's this outfit. Sorry, I don't have anywhere for you to change. Um, Just go ahead and change right here. And I'm not going to say that I have not changed in front of people before, but I'm not stripping naked. And a lot of times, you know, you're backstage um, doing a show, like a runway show, and everybody is like literally just in five seconds stripping down their underwear to throw on the next outfit. So it's not like, I I think it depends where their, their cross-section was that they interviewed. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that, that I, I can't speak to the accuracy of the numbers themselves, but I will say that that stuff happens, um, for the, the anxiety and all of that. Um, it is really hard because you, you get these girls who are starting young, sometimes because they want to, sometimes because, um, you get like this, this, um, pageant mom 
thing going where the mom is pushing it and I'll I'll hear, and I've I've heard this so many times, like moms making comments about their daughter's weight or their daughter's calves are too big because she loves dancing and she, you know, needs to slim down and go on a diet. And so you'll have anxiety because maybe the mom um, is being um, really hard on this, this kid over their with their size because they want them to get more work or you'll have photographers who will inevitably have no filter and they will say something about, you know, I remember one designer telling me I have short shoulders and I do, but I didn't really realize it until he said that. And let me tell you as, as a, you know, over 20 year old, 25 year old, (laughs) (laughs) um, that, that sticks with you. Yeah. And because you're on camera and because people see you, and because you're constantly aware of your appearance, little things like that, little comments like that, they they kind of like ingrain themselves in you and you remember that so that you remember to stand with your shoulders a little broader or, you know, um, they just kind of stick with you. Well, and so that's where the stress and anxiety comes. So how does a young lady or a young man protect themselves? Reputable agency or... Um, definitely. So that's, that's the best place to start. Um, I know a lot of people self-represent, um, for younger people, especially like teenagers, go, go with an agency and a reputable one. Yeah. <laughs> um, because with, and that's another reason I say I've been lucky because my agencies vet every single client they're doing credit checks. I mean, for payment wise, they, they vet the job. They know exactly what is being done, where we're going, who the, the, they know everything. So I have never been sent on a job where I have gotten there and been like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid that something really bad is going to happen. That has never happened on an agency booking ever in nine years because my agency takes care of that and I trust them and we have built this rapport. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't have to question, you know, what is actually happening because, oh my gosh, the location changed. Are you sure that this is right? Like I, I trust them. And so that I, I would say definitely go through an agency because self-booking, like, I mean, you it's, may or may not get paid. It's just asking um, for trouble. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. And, and you'll have things like, like I've, I've self-booked before. Um, and, and I've, I've been very picky with that because you'll have photographers, first of all, these days, everybody's a model. And so yeah. you have photographers who are just Craigslisting and Facebook stalking people being like, Hey, will you shoot for me? And I had this, um, the, a lot of photographers get very pushy, especially, Oh, we want to do body painting. Mm. Well, I don't really want to do body painting and I don't need free pictures for my portfolio, quote unquote, because right. I have them. Right. I've done, you know, when I say a professional model, people don't believe me. And I'm like, Okay, when I say professional, I mean I get paid to do this. I don't just go take free pictures and post them. I get paid to have my picture taken. Like you want to take my picture, you're gonna pay for it. Like we're trying to figure because, out how to get people to pay us for podcasting. Yeah, right. Because right. everybody's right. a yeah. podcaster. Well, right now. Oh, we can we can talk about that later. Um, no, but it's like side um, note. I took a picture of who, Anya and I didn't get and I didn't have to pay her. So there. Oh. Yeah. So, um, sometimes I'll do like the, the most recent picture I post on Instagram was a collaboration. I, I did the styling. Um, we had a photographer and we had a makeup artist and we, every once in a while, the three of us will get together and we will brainstorm and we just let the creative flow and we'll come up with something super cool. But you know, yes, that I don't get paid for, but it's a creative outlet for all of us. And we work together so well, like we basically read our, each other's minds 
And so that kind of thing is different, but you'll get photographers like the one who came to me and um, had his model bail and he paid her like 50 bucks. And he was like, Hey, do you want to shoot with me? Well, I always check their website. I look at their Facebook. I look at their picture quality. I look at the content and that will give me an answer right there. So this particular guy, he asked me what my day rate is. So I told him and he said, do you do nude erotic? Mm-hmm. And I said, I laughed and I, I'm typing and I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm, you know, cuffing a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, no, I do not. And he goes, well, that's really high for not doing nudes. And I said, um, actually, that is not high. If if I was ever, and, and I'm, I'm using this as a hypothetical, if I was ever going to do nudes, it would be for something that would pay me so much money. Right. And I would have a say in where those pictures went because it goes back to the same thing. Like, like you take these pictures and the photographer owns them. Yeah. You know, you may be able to use them, but they can do whatever they want. They can submit them to magazines and they can get paid for them where you will not get paid. They can you tweak know, them so, and put all kinds of blood and gore and submit them to the wrong place. Right. And make films and oh, them. totally. So, so you're you sitting here. Is- the last thing you want to do is have your kids see this one day too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you have these photographers and they will, they'll start pushing and, and they'll start making comments and trying to goad you into this thing that they want you to do. And a lot of people, you know, they don't know any better. And so they'll do it because they think it's, you know, going to open them doors and the photographer will say, oh, but I can get you connected here and this will help you get work on this front. And they, they kind of bait you and drag you along. And if you don't know any better, you're going to go along with it and bad things happen. And, you know, I've been around um, a few photographers um, that have really made me uncomfortable um, on, on like collaboration shoots, um, which is why I don't do them anymore. um, Because you're just, you're very vulnerable and, you know, some photographers are are very kind and they will encourage you to bring um, a, companion a chaperone or whatever so that you're not alone in a studio with this strange man right but that is very uncommon and I would say to anybody who is thinking about you know doing a collaboration or a photo shoot just so you can get pictures take somebody with you um ask them up front if they're okay with you bringing someone and if they say no um don't do it ding 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 don't do it right because any photographer worth his salt is going to be perfectly okay with that. They don't want you to bring your entire family and your stepmom and your cousin's second cousin's friend and their dog. You know, they want you to just bring one person, but you know, um, a good photographer is going to realize and understand, especially as a woman, why you would want to do something like that. Right. Right. So one last question. Okay. We're almost out of time. What do you, (laughs) okay. Maybe two first. It's kind of a two part question. Number one, you have okay. a very sassy, very girly daughter. If she says to you I one do. day, I want to be, I want to be like you, mom. I want to go into modeling. Would you approve? Uh-huh. And at what age would you feel comfortable with her starting? And then <laughs> kind of a follow-up okay. to that is what advice do you have for um, either moms whose kids want to get into modeling or other people who want to get into modeling? What do you, what would you say to them? Okay. So first of all, Um, my daughter actually does not like getting pictures taken. Shockingly, she poses like her father. So not at all. And so I, am not too concerned about it. And 
she even said like, um, we did, I did pictures with her last year and the photographer said, pose like mommy does. And she looked at the photographer and she goes, I don't, I don't want to do what mommy does. And I just Aww. laughed. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, my daughter is judging me. <laughs> so I like trying to get her to pose and just like put a hand on her hip. Like I can get her to do it, but it, it takes a while. She's anyway, a so, um, yeah. So it's, it's funny you should ask that because she's actually done a few jobs and she's eight. And these are jobs that um, I have been on. So she hasn't done any jobs by herself. Um, there's shoots where they have allowed me to actually bring all of my kids oh, cool. and they've all been involved. Yeah. Um, they were infomercials or one of them was, one of them was a hot tub commercial and we had a fake dad and she wasn't sure how to, how to cope with that. <laughs> um, with this, this strange man who has his arm around her mother. She's like, what? <laughs> but, um, for that kind of thing, um, I'm okay with her doing it now because I know, I know the jobs that she's doing. They're coming through my agency that she is now signed with. Um, so I have a say in that. So, um, if she were to do it later on in life, like maybe as a teenager, um, I think I would be okay with it. Um, just because I know she's so particular about everything and she, <laughs> yeah. if, if you don't mind me using this term, she's a prude. So if somebody asked yeah. her to do something yeah, like, Oh, hey, can this. you take your clothes off? She would be like, mm, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, she, I can laugh about yeah. this because I know enough about your, your little girl that she, right. <laughs> she would absolutely oh be like, mm, no, totally. Yeah. You know, so, um, it, it depends on the kid. Um, and it depends on the parent, you know, if, if for just advice for somebody who is looking at doing this for their kid or with their kid, first of all, reevaluate before you, before you take that step, why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you want your kid to do it? Um, does your kid want to do this? And if they do want to do it, what's their motivation? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, do, do they have realistic expectations? Because realistically, um, you're not going to make a ton of money doing this, um, unless you are, you know, this standard size height age thing that, that books super frequently, um, people like to have different looks. So they're not going to book you every two days, every other day. Um, so, you know, just keep that in mind. And as a parent, um, if you're, if you're going to take your kid and, and, and allow them, you know, I, I say that loosely, like allow them because they're minor, but if you're going to help them down this road, you need to stay involved um, because there are so many ways that this could go wrong, that people could take advantage of them. And you also need to be there to support them when their friends may get a little bit jealous and turn on them. Right. Yeah. Um, be part of that 21%. The 21% yeah. that are always, or at least sometimes there with their kids. Anya, we're going to right. wrap up our yes, portion. Yes, I'm sorry. I feel like no, I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Like I said, we appreciate you so much coming on to talk to us. When we, we started yeah. this, it was I wanted to be much more in depth and kind of as a safety thing out there for young ladies, young men as they're going there. In, in fact, after we're done, I think we're going to be able to, uh, it, we're also going to interview someone who is a mother of a, a daughter oh, yeah. who's getting started this, and she has yeah. some different perspectives. So, but at this for time... Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, being a part yeah. of an hour of your life. I think today's episode is going to run a little bit over an hour of your life. That's all right. But Anna, if, <laughs> how, how can people find you? How can people oh. Instagram, Facebook promote, yeah. promote yourself here? 
Okay. So um, the best way to find me is going to be on Instagram. That's kind of my jam. Mm-hmm. So you can find me at username model A-N-N-A-R-E-E-D. So it's spelled Anna Reed, but it's actually Anya. So model Anna Reed, if you want to have it phonetically. Um, And that's where I do uh, most of my posting. I try to do story updates when I'm on, you know, on set when allowed and all that stuff. So that's going to be the best way to find me. Um, And if you have like if you're a parent or a kid and you have questions, hit me up because I'm nice and I will help you out. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah. And Um, if if you didn't get that. You can go ahead and you can email us at where, Kim? A lost hour at gmail.com. And we will find us on Facebook and Instagram too. And we will forward that on down to uh, Anna to get that. Yep. So, Anna, again, thank you so much for being on the show right now with us. All right. Thanks for having me. So, from sunny, beautiful Florida and (laughs) from our beautiful studios in Beaver Creek, Ohio, thanks for spending an hour of your life with us.